Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, hey, if you are visiting today, you came at a great time because we are starting a new uh, message series. It's three weeks long, and the title of the series is called Religious Words. And I don't know if, if you've been around church a long time, or if you're new to church, you'll realize that there's words that we use that sometimes we just don't realize what they mean. Sometimes we use them so much, we don't even know when it started, we don't know why it started, but we just use it because everyone else like, you know, gets excited when we say those words. And one of those words is the word, hallelujah. Come on, say hallelujah. 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 Matter of fact, it, it's a nice word because it almost sounds like Honolulu. <laughs> All right. Say Honolulu. Honolulu. Woo, I want to go there. All right, and hallelujah, I mean, sometimes that sounds like we think we're about to go to heaven. All right, uh, hallelujah is a word that, that has been in the, matter of fact, it's been so long in the church, it's actually a Hebrew word. It's not an English word, it's not a Greek word, it's not a transliteration, it's actually a Hebrew word, and, and this Hebrew word is broken down, it's actually two different Hebrew words. The first Hebrew word is hallel. And what the word Hillel in Hebrew means, to boast in. And the second piece at the end of the, the word is Yah, J-A-W. And that's a shortened version of Yahweh, or the Hebrew name for God. So when the Hebrew children would say, hallelujah, what they were saying is, boast in God. Today, we translate it as, praise the Lord. But you know what's interesting is sometimes when we use the words praise the Lord, we make that the end of it. We just say praise the Lord. And then someone says praise the Lord around you, what do you usually say back? Praise the Lord. And so I, I just want to tell you that when the Hebrew children would walk up to somebody and they would say boast in God, they wouldn't say back to them boast in God. What they would do is they would start to boast in God. And so when you hear somebody say hallelujah, or you hear somebody say praise the Lord, our reaction shouldn't be to repeat the word. Our reaction should be to praise the Lord. Well, you know, it's easy to praise the Lord when life is going good. And matter of fact, um, I, I want to show you uh, something. I think most people think that Christianity, when they get saved, is going to have a life like this. Matter of fact, I've got it up here on the screen and, and this is the point of salvation. This is where you establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is where you ask God to be your Lord and Savior. You ask him to forgive you of your sins. And then we just expect that the rest of our life is... It, matter of fact, I, I think the gay, they're singing a song that says, If it just keeps getting better and better. If the Lord just keeps pouring the blessings on. It says, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I think that a lot of people come into their walk with the Lord thinking that this is what it's going to look like. It's just going to get better and better. 
And God's just going to keep blessing and blessing. And I'm just going to get happier and happier. And I'm just going to praise the Lord louder and louder. And I just hate to break it to you. But if that's you, that's wishful thinking. Matter of fact, our life would really probably look like this, where we, we have these highs and then we have these lows and then the highs. And, and if you look throughout your entire life, matter of fact, I can tell you that's my life right there. You know, God's blessing and then where's God? God's blessing and where'd he go? God's blessing. And, and it's interesting that, I mean, I can't take the time to break down every one of those. So what I want to do is I just want to share one of these examples with you and if you got your note taker if you turn it over on the back you're going to see one of these and matter of fact um, I kind of want to explain to you what that little chart means and so you know this red x right here this is when you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior if you've never done that today I would encourage you just listen to what I have to say because you may have been disillusioned by other Christians. And I just want to kind of explain maybe why some of that's been going on. And uh, help you understand Christianity a little bit better. And, and we get saved and then what happens is good things happen. Our prayers get answered. We read the Bible and it comes alive to us. It's an amazing time. And if I asked you how are things, you would say life is good. Matter of fact, you probably said these words, God is good. And then somebody echoed back, all the time. And then you'd say, all the time. And they'd say, God is good. All right? And, and so that, that's, a, that's the season of life where things are getting better. Life is just, it, each day, it's wonderful. But here's what happens. If you have a pulse, if you've been saved more than a day, you're going to enter this little thing right here. And what happens is it changes. You hit this peak. You hit this spiritual mountaintop. And life is wonderful. And then what happens is life. Life happens. And when life happens, the prayers stop getting answered. When life happens, Scripture doesn't speak to you anymore. When life happens, people that are your closest friends, your dearest friends, they walk out on you in your life. When life happens, things that made sense before don't make any sense anymore. When life happens, the will of God that was crystal clear last month, you couldn't find it if, if somebody paid you. And what happens is what Henry Blackaby calls a crisis of faith. And, and for many people, that crisis of faith may be a bigger dip than this. You're like, hey, I'm sorry, Pastor Ronnie, but that didn't go low enough. You know, you, you started higher than I, I, I started. No, you, you need to change that. And, and here's what happens in a crisis of faith. You know that God can do something, but he doesn't. You know, you've seen it, you understand it, you felt it, you, you believe it with every fiber in your body. But here it is, God is, he's not being heard. You couldn't find him. You come to church, he's not there. You go home, he's not there. You go back to the place where uh, you first encountered him, he's not there. And you have a crisis of faith. You wonder what it's all about. And I just want to share something with you if you haven't figured it out. But everyone in this room, you either right now are having a crisis of faith, you're somewhere in that downward descent. You recently came out of a crisis of faith and things are incredible and life is good and God is working in your life. And if you don't find yourself in either one of those, hang on because you're about to enter 
a crisis of faith. Those are the three areas in our life that each of us are in today. And when we're in that crisis of faith, what you're going to find out is you're saying this to yourself, how can God? How can God allow this? How can God let this happen? How can God not heal my loved one? How can God allow that person to do those bad things to me? And you just ask God how he can do that. And here's what I found out. I found out this from personal experience. I found out this from people in the church. And it's this. When we hit this crisis of faith, and we start asking, how can God? And when we don't get our prayers answered, and when the word of God isn't alive and real to us, when it seems like everything good is bad now, we come up with one or two choices. And the first choice is this. We say, that's it. Matter of fact, we don't stop there. We don't just say, that's it. We say, that's it. I quit. If God's not going to be there when I need him, I don't need God. And we start living our life as if God doesn't exist. We stop praying. We stop opening our Bible. And when we have a a Christian song come on the radio, we turn the station. Why? Because God's not. He's not real anymore. He was, but I don't know where he went. I don't know what I did, but he's not real anymore. And we have a crisis of faith. Well, I want to share something with you. I asked you to find the book of Habakkuk, and I hope in the last 10 minutes you've been able to. And and if you would, turn to Habakkuk chapter 3. There's only three chapters, so if you pass that, you're going to be in the book of Zephaniah. Habakkuk chapter 3. And I just want to read two verses to you. The first two, and it says this. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, according to Shigianoth. Now, you're probably wondering what that means, Shigianoth. That is a type of music. And what it means in Hebrew is loud, upbeat music. Matter of fact, uh, I believe um, that there's a, a, a famous singer, and he took the shiggy enough, and he, he called the song, Get Shiggy With It. You didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? You probably were condemning that. How could? No. Will Smith be a, a theologian like that? But it's straight out of Habakkuk chapter 3. And when this chapter was written, this was a um, song that Habakkuk wrote for the children of Israel. Now, what you don't know about this is that he wrote this back in 600 B.C. And in 600 B.C., here's what was going on. In just a few years, the Babylonian kingdom is going to take the nation of Israel captive. Do you remember the story about Daniel and the lion's den? Well, when Daniel got taken captive, this is what Habakkuk, the, the, the god of creation, the God of Israel told Habakkuk that bad things are about to come on the nation of Israel. And that's what chapter 1 and chapter 2 are, is where he's telling all the bad things. And Habakkuk's like, I can't believe this. This isn't what I expected. Matter of fact, he says it here when he comes to the realization. In verse 2, he says, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. I have heard the report of you and your work. And then he goes on and he starts telling in verses 3 through 15 the things that he heard. Let me just read a couple of them to you. 
It says, God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Para, Selah. Have you ever wondered what that word Selah means? Now, most of you may have been taught incorrectly that the word Selah means pause. And think about what just happened. And really what Selah means is, it means stop and do a little happy dance. That's what Selah means. You, You didn't know that, did you? Most of you, as a matter of fact, the theologians are like, they're going, I mean, they're Googling it now. Trust me, if you see anything else, they're wrong. All right, and this isn't wrongology. This is strong theology. The word sila means stop, think about it, but not somberly think about it with a little happy dance. It makes sense now that they're singing this, they put this music to Shigianoth. Because every time they stop, it's like a little bridge where they, they just get into the electric guitar or the drum does a solo. Well, he doesn't stop there. What else does he say? He said, God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. I don't know if you realize this, but right now Habakkuk is talking about the pre-flood area. Matter of fact, the next couple of verses, and I'll let you read those on your own, but he's talking about how God destroyed the world with the flood. That's what Habakkuk's talking about. He says, I've heard about that God. I've heard what he's done. I've I've been told the stories. And then he starts recounting what he did for the children of Israel. How that he he delivered them from the land of Egypt. How that he parted the Dead Sea. How that he uh, brought them over. How that he took them and killed a city called Jericho just by them singing praises to God. That's what Habakkuk had heard. And the word of God that came to him wasn't a good word. It was he's going, you know, he's going down into that dip that I showed you earlier. I think that if you're like me, you can look back and and maybe you don't say I've heard, but maybe you say I remember. I remember when last week I shared with you how that this young 17-year-old kid who didn't know better asked God to do something and God delivered on the spot. Then just a few years later, a young couple who didn't know any better prayed God expectantly for a certain type of car and God delivered it. I remember the Christmas when we didn't have any money, didn't have a way to get any money, and God provided. I remember when I was running from God as far and as fast as I could That once I stopped and I turned around, he was right there. I didn't have to run back to where I left him. He was right there with me all the time. If you were to say that, I remember. What would you remember about God? Well, if you read this chapter... And you go to verse 17, you're going to find out that he said, I have heard. And then he listed all of the things that made God great and wonderful. And then in verse 17, he says this, though. Matter of fact, um, different translations will tell you, but it, it, it probably reads, even though. So here's Habakkuk. He's the prophet of God. He's been told by God that the children of Israel are about to go into captivity to Babylon. And Habakkuk didn't like that. He didn't want to share that with the nation of Israel. Matter of fact, he wanted to have a conversation with God. Are you sure about this? 
And God lets him know that he's not only sure about this, but this is happening. And in verse 17, this song written to the Shigianoth style said this, even though the fig tree should not blossom, even though there's no fruit on the vines, even though the produce of the olive tree would fail and the fields will yield no food, even though the flock is cut off from the fold and even though there's no herd in the stalls. How many of you have ever said even though? Even though my husband or my wife walked out on me, even though that job that I thought was the perfect job became the worst job ever, even though God's not answering my prayers anymore, even though it seems like when I open this Bible, it's literally written in Greek because I don't understand anything it's saying. Even though, can we say like Habakkuk, even though the fig tree doesn't have any fruit on it, even though the fruit that comes is dry and worthless. Even though all the things that I had, the sheep, they, they, they're blocked off and they're not going to be safe in the fold and the wolves and the bears are going to get them. And even though the cattle that I had in the stalls are now gone, the cars that I had in the garage are gone, the three-car garage I had is gone, the family that I had, the loved ones, everything, even though it's gone, can we do what Habakkuk did in verse 18. And he said this, yet. Everyone say that word with me, yet. See, here's what we've got to learn to be able to do. Even though, yet. And here's what he said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Even though all these bad things happen, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Even though life, the wheels in life have come off and it seems like the, this is the worst time of my life. Even though I will still make God my strength. Even though all these bad things, I believe that God is going to make me like the deer to climb the high places. What he was really saying was, even though all of these bad things happen, yet... I will hallelujah. Yet, I will boast in God. Church, the question every one of us have to ask isn't, are we ever going to go through a crisis of faith? If you think not, start writing now because you're about to write a good book. If you've been through it, maybe you can, can raise your hand and praise and say, you better believe you're I can, I can hallelujah, I can boast in God. I can call on God and know that God, the creator of this earth, loves me, cares about me. Let me bring it all together for you. As you look at this diagram and you think about this time in your life that you got saved, you came to know the Lord and things were good and life was wonderful and then life happened. And at this X right here, you, you had one of two choices. One is you could say, that's it, I quit. God, if you ain't going to do this, if you're not going to answer my prayers, if you're not going to give me the Cadillac and the Rolls Royce of life that I want, I don't need you. Or you're going to get through there and you're going to say, you know what? 
I've heard. I remember when. And even though all those bad things are happening, even though life couldn't get any worse, even though the Babylons are coming to take me captive, even though there's nothing I can do about it, yet I will hallelujah, I will boast in God. You know, there's three things that he put there in verse 18. He says, I'm going to take joy, I'm going to find strength, and I'm going to climb to new heights. And what you see here is that when you learn, even in the crisis of your faith, to take joy, even when you learn to find your strength, even in the crisis before God is delivered, before the good things start happening again, even if you learn to praise what happens, you climb to a new height. Now, don't get ahead of me because after that new height, guess what you're going to run into again? You're going to run into another crisis of faith. And when you reach that next crisis of faith, you're going to make one of two decisions. Either you're going to say, that's it, I quit. Or you're going to say, you know what, I remember when. It was just last week. That, that's, that's my life. You know, God does something powerful and it's Sunday and it's wonderful. I almost drowned two ladies. Did you see Helen's feet come up? <laughs> Woo! Come on. That's a Baptist pastor right there. Uh, like, you're going down, lady. Mm, come on. Don't fight it. <laughs> now, Monday morning, the enemy's going to show up. And I'm going to forget about them legs kicking. <laughs> And I'm going to forget about the thoughts that were going through her mind. I thought he loved me. <laughs> Helen, it's a good thing because I can't either. I don't know if you, she just said, I can't swim. <laughs> On Monday morning, the enemy is going to show up. And when the enemy shows up, are you going to say, that's it, I quit? Or are you going to say, you know what, enemy, I remember. I remember when. I remember about this guy named Habakkuk. And I remember when life was going horrible for him. And I remember that he said, even though, and even though all those things are going to happen to me, I don't care. Even though... The worst of life is going to be encountered. I don't care. Yet will I take joy. Yet will I find strength. And yet will I climb to a new height. Who? Through Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of my salvation. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.